Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So I'm your host, Sarah Higdon. This is Transformed to Freedom. So, yeah, sorry about yesterday, my usual time. Um, I was hanging out by the pool, and then I just, um, you know, I went home um, after that evening, and, and I really didn't feel good. So I want to make sure I, but I did want to get a stream in this week. So uh, here we are. We're going we're gonna to hang out. We're going to do a... We're going to talk about some stuff because obviously there's a lot of craziness kind of happening in the world of, um, you know, I guess the pride world. Um, kind of before we get going, though, um, if you haven't heard, Donald Trump was arrested today waiting to be indicted um, on, I believe it's the mishandling of classified materials. Um, it stems back to the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Um, a couple couple months ago. Um, really, I'm not going to talk too much about it. I do think that this is just like a political witch hunt. Um, this is setting an unprecedented, you know, you know, standard um, that we'll we'll see what happens because I think um, I do have a segment I'm going to talk about um, on Rumble that I'm not going to talk about on YouTube. Um, just talking about, um, talking about the president and a DDoS attack that happened against my employer, the post millennial yesterday, um, as soon as we released some information. So, um, we're going to talk about that, like I said, on rumble after the stream. So we're going to keep it going over there, but, um, it's really an interesting story. I just don't trust YouTube to allow me to say everything I want to say about that. So what we're going to get into is the first thing. Um, and if you've been online and you've been kind of paying attention, you know that the White House hosted the largest Pride event ever held at the White House um, this past weekend. And it was really interesting because a lot of interesting stuff happened there. But the first thing that kind of came up was Joe Biden basically endorsing, you know, sex changes for children. Um, and then Joe Biden's giving some really interesting remarks as well right after that, which kind of contradicts what he said. So um, I am going to let me scroll down. Mm -mm -mm. All right, here's the president's statement. You know, when families across the country face excruciating decisions to relocate to a different state to protect their child from dangerous anti-LGBTQ laws, we have to act. We have to act as a nation. We need to push back against the hundreds of callous and cynical bills and laws introduced in states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors and nurses. These bills and laws attack the most basic values and freedoms we have as Americans. That's not hyperbole. That's a fact. The right to be yourself, the right to make your own health decisions, the right to raise your own children. So... Really interesting. Yeah, he says the right to make your own health care decisions. So 
it really seems like he's saying that children have the right to make their own health care decisions. That's not how this works, Joe. It's really not. You know, children are not capable of consenting to those types of things. Um, saying that these bills are anti-LGBT is insane, if you guys remember last week. I have been lobbying in two states now for multiple bills across the country to ban the practice of, you know, medicalizing children. It's not what we should be doing. We should be letting kids be kids. Let them grow up to where that, you know, get them the mental health care that they need as they grow up and then they can grow up and make those decisions for themselves. And apparently the first lady agrees with me. So here's what she said on the issue. We want our kids just to be kids running around and, hey, eating too much sugar. <laughs> to laugh with the friends that we wish we saw more often. To find solace in the arms of people who see us for who we are. To celebrate the beauty and the resilience of this community. So a child who does not know how much sugar intake is good for them can make their own medical decisions. It's up to them to determine whether they are, you know, capable that they're, they're actually, you know, gender dysphoric. I don't think so. I, I, I don't really think so. Um, the other thing that I kind of mentioned, if you saw my reel, I put out a reel for um, the post-millennial this last weekend too. And I kind of mentioned that because Joe also says that the right to make um, or right for parents to raise their own kids, right? So parents decide to raise their own kids unless, of course those parents are of Armenian descent and they've been fighting in California so that, you know, against, um, the, the LG, you know, the indoctrination that's happening in schools, or they are of the Muslim faith and they're in Maryland who has also been protesting to try to opt out of these like pride events that they're having at their schools. At this point, the LGBT community, and actually, no, I'm going to stop saying the LGBT community. It's not the LGBT community. It's the queer community. We're going to separate the LGBT and the queer community from, from each other. And I do want to point out um, how the administration decided to put... Actually, I guess they, they, they might have broken flag code and put the progress flag right in the middle of of um of the american flags which is actually i think it's supposed to be the american flag and then other flags are supposed to be on the outside so it's supposed to go middle um but look at how symbolic that is the fact that the progress flag has that chevron and the chevron's pointing down and it's kind of moving through the rainbow um but then they put it in between two american flags so it's completely separating the country. So it's like it's it's symbolic that the 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 pride the progress flag is 
which again, so there's the black and the brown, which is supposed to stand, stand for like people of color, which doesn't make sense to have on a pride flag in the first place. And then you have the colors of the trans community, which is pretty much symbolic of the queer community right now, you know, cutting through the original LGBT and it's dividing the country. So you put, you put that flag in the middle of it. And I mean, just the optics of that um, is pretty symbolic in my, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And like I said, I think that they broke flag code um, by doing that. Um, but nowhere has the progress flag ever flown, you know, for a nation. But it seems like that is, you know, the left's flag. That is the flag that represents everything that the left stands for. Like I said, it's the queer community. It's the the BLM community. It's it's basically their flag to represent, um, the, what is it? Critical theory. It's it's their flag that's representing critical theory. But it's symbolic. Um. So what's really interesting, though, and uh, I, I saw somebody kind of comment on this one earlier, because, again, if you haven't seen this. This bitch. Whew. So. This um, apparently trans woman. Put out a reel on TikTok was invited to the White House for this event. And let's just show this video real quick. Welcome to the White House. Thank you. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Pride Life. Yeah. Transgender children. You are beautiful. You are heard. You belong. You are understood. You are loved. And you belong. Yeah. One of the bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. I mean, you're welcome. Good folks. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor. France rights and human rights. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Gay news. Are we topless at the White House? Yeah, going topless at the White House. So I guess um, the White House actually condemned this and this person is now banned. But actually, I, I would hope that all three of them are banned from the White House. Not just because, you know, the naked breasts at the White House, because as a trans person or that even if it was a even if it was a biological female doing that, I would hope that they would get banned. But the thing is, I don't think even men should be like at the white house. Like this is a professional event. Like it kind of is disrespectful to do that. And you think that that's okay. It's insane. Thank you for the super chat, Robbie. So Robbie says, Sarah, I don't think they're smart enough to do that on purpose. You mean with the, uh, yeah, with the, with the flag. I think you're right. I don't think that they realize how symbolic it was. Um, but 
it, it's it is it, it it's symbolic when you actually look at it that way. Um, like I said, I don't I don't think they did it on purpose. I think that they they thought that oh we're gonna hang the progress flag right in the middle, um, and we're gonna put two American flags on the outside. So that would be more appropriate, right? To have two American flags, then one American flag, and then um, two pride flags or whatnot. No, um, I, I I think you're right, but it just does seem very symbolic the way that they do it. And honestly, somebody had to think about it like that. Um. It is interesting because actually when you start to see a lot of this stuff, a lot of you start to see symbolism everywhere. Um, so that's uh, I think that they, they do. Now, talking about this person again, though. Yes, either way, it's inappropriate. I don't care who it is. If you're if you're taking if you're like taking your shirt off at the White House, like seems kind of inappropriate like doesn't matter who you are um but what i want to know is i don't know what it is about the queer community that wants to get naked all the time in public and like show people their voyeurism that's kind of that's all this is it's like voyeurism um i was talking to somebody yesterday um who i was hanging out with at the pool with yesterday uh, working with them yesterday at the pool and we were talking about this. It's like, I don't know what it is about going to pride events and stuff like that, that people just, they go to these events and it's like a place to show their kink. Now, straight people have kinks, gay people have kinks. Everybody can, I mean, most people have different stuff that they like to do in the bedroom that might be considered, you know, a kink. So I don't, I don't kink shame. But the problem is, is like, these events it turns into like wanting to show like share your kink with the world it makes absolutely no sense and the other thing is like what is it about the queer community that people hold people in this community to such low standards right so this person at the white house thinks that they can do this because i mean they don't have any standards it's not, I mean, like I said, it's, 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 this is a place that I would probably dress up to go. I mean, the white house is, is a, is a, the place that you would normally dress up, be professional when you go there. And they think that this is okay. And a lot of people were giving them a pass. They were, they got a pass for this because it's somehow empowering. Like it's empowering to the community or something like that. It's that's ridiculous. Um, you know, so people like that, I, they, they just set everything backwards. Um, but it is, I mean, like they celebrate, they celebrate pride and all this other stuff. And yet when they do that, they think that they're being empowering. Like, it's not empowering to like show have naked men dancing provocatively, like twerking. Like the, there was a video, I don't have it pulled up. There was a video of a, of a, of a dude who was like twerking and a mother standing there with her child laughing about it. Like this is, this is supposed to be okay. Like you're, you think that this is good. Like this is what, 
is representative of the queer community. Like, this is why I want to separate, like separate the queer community from the LGBT because that's, I mean, LGBT and LGBT people just want to live their lives like everybody else. Like we don't need like these parades and everything like that. It's just nonsense. Um, I said on Timcast actually a couple weeks ago that, you know, I am so done with pride because it's just so taken over. Like there's no, like, what are we even celebrating anymore? And it's, it's actually really interesting because you listen to that video where the president says, happy pride day, happy pride month, happy pride year and happy pride life. Again, happy pride year. So then why do we have a month? We've already talked about this. Like, it seems like there's representation everywhere. We have like every other day of the year, there's always something being, being, you know, celebrated in this name or there's a, a holiday for whatever reason. But why? Like, this is like the most, this is like the least marginalized community in the world. The least. Um, until you start to look at stuff like this, where it's really interesting, Johns Hopkins University, if you guys saw this one, Johns Hopkins, their definitions changed um, recently. So their diversity, uh, inclusion, and gender and sexuality resources in their LGBTQ guide. So if you list, if you look, it says lesbian is a quote unquote non-man attracted to non-men. Um, it says, well, past definitions refer to lesbian as a woman who is emotionally, romantically, and or sexually attracted to other women. This definition includes non-binary people who may also identify with the label. So women are now just non-men. Like, that doesn't make sense. But what's really interesting, this is where the misogyny even still comes in today. Because a gay man is a man who is an emotionally, who is emotionally, romantically, sexually affectionate and relationally attracted to other men or who identifies as a member of the gay community at times. Gay is used to refer to all people regardless of gender who have their primary sexual people of the same gender. So what's interesting is, so yeah. So a gay man is a man that's attracted to men, but a lesbian is a non-man who's attracted to non-men, according to Johns Hopkins. It's like, you want to talk about like female erasure? Like, that's it. Like, that's it. <laughs> and then it, it goes to say like, what is, I mean, so then what's like pansexual? What's bisexual? I mean, if I'm bisexual, doesn't that make me a lesbian because I'm non, I, I'm attracted to non-men and men? It, it, it doesn't make sense. Like I said, it's, yeah. So, um, so that's why, I mean, it's like, hey, at least they admit now that there's only two genders. There's men and non-men. No, 
No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Actually, I will say this is how you know we're kind of winning at this point. Um, because I did just see this not long before I came on, um, about a couple, maybe a couple hours ago, that Johns Hopkins says it pulled its lesbian definition after the backlash. So that's good news. Um, because it was really looking bad for a little bit. But that's what's, that's the thing is, I, I do want to say that this pride month has been a white pill. Like last pride month was a complete black pill. And it, it seemed like last month or last, last year's pride month is like when this entire year just like went crazy. And this year, it seems like we're getting back to some sanity. It seems like everything's kind of getting back to sanity. So Johns Hopkins, obviously they caved to the pressure to be when they, 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 they admitted that they were wrong in saying non-men. Oh, that's awesome. So um, Golden T says, Sarah, I'm raising a son who is 16. I'm constantly fighting social media. When I get him outside with sweaty work, he is a very different person. Thank you for your strength. Well, thank you. And you're right. What people don't realize, and I, I, I say this quite a bit, is social media is not real life. Um, I think too many people are living on social media. This is what I see, especially when it comes to trans people. Um, and people in that community, like the queer community as a whole, they think that their rights are being taken away. They think that people like they live in such a self-deprecating mindset because they think that the world hates them. They think, I mean, they think that the world hates them. They, they, they are constantly inundated with all this stuff. Like they're trying, I mean, how many comments do I get a day that says, these people want to murder you. These people want you, you know, killed. I get this stuff all the time in my comment section, especially on Twitter from the left. And I'm like, have you ever been outside? Have you ever actually touched grass? Have you ever went and actually met somebody like actual people? I've never once encountered like true transphobic hate in real life. Like what I would say is true transphobic hate, get misgendered, whatever. That's not, that's not hate. That's, that's whatever. I've never actually, and, and it's never been intentional actually usually either. So people are good people off the internet. And this is what's interesting is I, I commented on this a few, maybe a month or so ago that there is Twitter, for example, there's maybe 70, what is it? There's 70 million registered Twitter users in the United States. And that doesn't account for alt accounts or, um, so that doesn't account for alt accounts or, what is it? Or like business accounts either. So, that's that's just 70 million total accounts that are registered in the US. And almost everybody has probably an alt account that they that they have to do some stuff with um to see some stuff that they would normally not be able to see because they're blocked for whatever reason. Most people have alt accounts. So that seven that 70 million is really there are 330 
3 million people in the United States. It's a, so that's a small percentage of how many people there actually are in the United States. So it's not a very representative sample of what people really are. Um, it's, it's not really representative at all. So that's what I mean when I say that Twitter is not real life. And how many of them are just troll accounts? They don't actually mean what they say. And they would, if they were on their main account, they wouldn't be actually saying a lot of this stuff um, because they know it's not popular. So some people just like to, to watch the world burn. So that's kind of what they do on there. 339 million. Okay, interesting. Um, but you're right, David. It is a 24-7 psyops. Like you have to understand that when you're on there. So, like when you, so um, Golden T, when you talk about your son who's 16, this is why one of the reasons I, I think we should we should be keeping kids off of social media as much as possible. Honestly, I don't think kids should be having social media accounts. Um, like I, I wouldn't even give my kid a smartphone if I was a parent. I don't even think I, could, I would give my kid a smartphone um, until they're you know 18. I would give them a flip phone so they could call when if there was an emergency and stuff like that. But I don't think I I would keep them away from social media as long as possible because it's it's, it's a hellscape. So Courtney, yeah, fifteen year old doesn't have social media. I don't blame you. Um, I mean, that's if you know Chloe Cole's story, that's how she kind of fell into this. It wasn't at school because it really wasn't a big thing at that point. Um, but she fell into it because of social media. It was Instagram. She was on Instagram at 11 years old, um, created a, a fake birthday because it's 13 is the youngest stage on there. So um, you just got to, yeah, you got to be careful because it, if it's a psyops and it creates so much, you know, negativity in adults' brains like we see, it's absolutely doing that to children. And these kids are freaking out because they actually believe that everything that's being said online and they believe these activists online when they say that, you know, trans people, the people want trans people dead and all this stuff. It's not true. Um, actually, so Robbie, you said uh, off topic, that picture of you and Josie and the chocolates was epic. Yeah. Um, actually that Jeremy's chocolate. I know it's, Promoting the Daily Wire here. Actually, the Daily Wire has been kicked off of YouTube, which is kind of, as much as I don't watch the Daily Wire, I think that they're going in, in the wrong direction. I think they're doing a lot of stuff for clicks and views. I don't think that they should be banned from, from YouTube. So they're, like, YouTube's going back and retroactively, like, giving strikes on videos and stuff like that. So it's, they're, like, at a war with YouTube right now as well. Um, so... But yeah, so Jeremy's chocolates were they were pretty freaking good. It was it was good chocolate. I'm I'm good with that. Um it it I was and I loved um yeah, so when I was hanging out with Josie on Timcast, we had the picture. I actually um no, I don't think I, I don't think I can find the picture right now. But it was uh it was good. Tim had some in the studio, so um I wanted to trigger some leftists and actually, and so I had the, the, he, him ones with, uh, and the, the he, him ones have nuts. <laughs> um, Matt Walsh is still on YouTube. I didn't know that. Um, 
I thought he actually had already moved all his stuff over to Twitter um, full time, which is one of those things is I'm looking at possibly moving everything. Uh, well, I'm going to keep doing the YouTube stuff as long as I can, but I'm hoping that Elon gets some stuff on Twitter so that that will be more of a primary place to um, put videos. I saw something the other day where he said that there was going to be, um, he was working about like ad sharing and everything like that. So um, it'll be good. Oh, libertarian governor candidate will be on Timcast next month. Who, who is your, uh, who's your candidate? Who is that? Um, I, I do love, I, I mean, I love Tim. A lot of people, I, Tim was a great host for me and I, I love going on the show and, and the whole team over there is amazing. I can't say enough about, about the team over there. And if you actually, if you haven't watched the after show that if, if you don't, if you're a subscriber and you watch the after show, it's worth it. That I think that the best conversations that we had were on the after show. And I wish that I could like have Tim just like publish the entire episode, like the after show episode with me on Twitter, because it was phenomenal. Like, um, we had the, the, the tough conversations about, um, you know, we had the conversations about what are trans women in terms of, you know, biology and, and, and sexuality and like dating trans women. And I mean, I did say that, you know, dating a trans woman is kind of its own, its own thing. Like Blair White said, I think, you know, Blair said it best. It's like its own sexuality. Um, interesting, but yeah. But moving to talk about um, how we're winning, I guess that's where I was going with this. Was we are we're winning this we're winning the culture war, and like I said last year, it was such a drag because, like, literally, like that's when like all the fa family friendly drag shows. Uh, did my shit stop? Okay. That's when all the family-friendly drag shows and all that stuff popped up. This year, we have a person getting kicked, banned from the White House. And then we have, now we have Target and Bud Light. So we're going to go right into the Target Bud Light um, update. Where Joe Rogan actually talked about it on his show last week. So we'll play this clip. Target lost billions of dollars because they tried to have this pride selection. Oh, yeah, gay mannequins. Yeah, they, they well, they had all these, like, pride children's shirts yeah. and... Gay children, yeah. yeah. And then, Sorry. obviously, the Bud Light thing with Dylan Mulvaney, they've lost 20-plus billion dollars. You imagine, you're just going to send a can to some confused person that uh day 365 of womanhood and you send that person a can with their face on and your company loses 20 billion dollars that is wild man so we're seeing that now yeah. where we never saw that before where people are going enough right enough stop shoving this down everybody's throat when i go to target i don't want to see like yeah tuck pants where you like they're designed to help you tuck your dick. like hey that's not normal and i don't want that right in front of everybody he's right he's right like honestly though i think the the the, the tuck 
bathing suit was a little bit interesting um, because they made it seem like it was for kids, but it wasn't actually for kids. If it was for kids, it would have been, I would have condemned it a lot more than I did. I still think it's, I mean, there's specialty stores for like tuck stuff. So it's really, it kind of is weird. And like he's saying, it's like kind of like you're putting it in everybody's face. Um, you know, let me see. Um, so Kelly says, I got into a debate with my radical leftist brother. Did you see the story about the trans male inmate that was awarded 500,000 and a vaginoplasty? They also got moved to a women's prison. I did not see that. Was that here in the U.S.? Because I didn't see that happen. Um, 500 grand. That's I didn't. And then you said, click. Okay. My brother said I misgendered, but I told him the term trans male is accepted because I heard it on your channel. You got to be careful, though, um, with that. So trans male, it, it would be more like a, I don't really care for the term, but I use it quite a bit as trans identified male. Um, because sometimes they use that, they use the term trans male to mean trans men. Um, it's very different, but yeah, you just gotta be careful with that one. But, um, but yeah, so Bud Light, interesting enough. So where is it? I, they, as of January 2nd, Bud Light has lost 27 billion in market cap 27 billion um and target as a close on friday had lost 15 billion in market share that is insane numbers right there so think of i mean he's so so rogan's absolutely correct should you imagine you know and, and a lot of the target controversy stems from the Bud Light controversy. All these uh, all these businesses are saying, like, as soon as they start getting a little bit of, of heat, they're like, we don't want to have a Bud Light situation. So that's like what targets people said, like in internal emails. We don't want a Bud Light situation. They still got it. Um, and actually, a lot of those people are now moving. Um, apparently, uh, Walmart has seen the spike from that. Um, so a lot of people are leaving uh, Target and going over to Walmart um, as their alternative. Um, but what's really interesting, and actually, I hold on. I thought I had this pulled up. One second. So Bud Light, though, um, they actually... <laughs> They decided to sponsor. So now they're seemingly like doubling down because they already lost their, um, they lost their hundred percent like CEI score. Um, and so that means that, so they lost their, their hundred percent CEI score. which is from the HRC, it's, yeah. 
So Logic Rex says, if they are losing so much money, then why do they seem like businesses are still bending the knee to CEI and ESG lobbyists? They some are, some aren't though. Like that's what I mean is now they're kind of going backwards. Um, so it's interesting because Bud Light now they lost that score and they're continuing to lose market cap. So it seems like they're just kind of like, okay, well, we better lean into the LGBT community so that we can get, you know, at least get some money. Maybe think they think that they're going to get some money from the queer community. Um, like they're going to start buying their brand because um, what I was going, what I was trying, what I was going to look up is um, they Bud Light is now sponsoring. I, I posted on my Twitter like a week ago, but Bud Light is now sponsoring an all ages drag show. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I really don't get it, but it's either they're looking, I mean, they're going to have to tank the brand. They're going to have to take this brand offline and do something with it because they're not, it's not rebounding. It's not rebounding at all. So if you're, I don't know who's still invested in Bud Light at this point or Anheuser-Busch. Um, so if you, I mean, if you're, if you have like, go check your, your mutual funds or whatever your funds are invested in, but you know, make sure that you're not invested in Bud Light right now. But also, yeah, so one of the other big wins, I mean, I just saw just again before going on air that today that Starbucks, Starbucks has been a well-known, like, more left-leaning i think they were started in seattle washington so they're kind of they're very much like a, a left-leaning organization i mean they've provided they, their insurance has always provided like they've so starbucks is interesting because starbucks just for a barista they'll pay for your school like if you work there for so long they'll pay for your college and they'll do a lot of stuff for you in that regard um they also pay for you know trans healthcare. So their healthcare is pretty good when it comes to like trans people. Like I, like if you were like when I was searching in the trans community, like for information, there was a lot of information out there about how you, you know, go work for just be a barista at um, Starbucks. And so for them to take down all their pride gear um, already, you know, halfway, not even halfway through, june and they're already taking their stuff down like i said i mean it's there's a backlash and it's the needle is beginning to move um in that direction so it's gonna be real interesting going forward to see you know what what we get out of it um but we'll move on to the next um next kind of topic and it kind of rolls into this as well it's actually about um California. Let's talk about California. <laughs> I think I, I so let me see. So Magnificent Devil says Starbucks story seems to be 
a rumor started by the union. The company came out today and said they hadn't changed their policy and reaffirmed their commitment. But what's interesting is I don't think that like all these companies this year, they haven't, um, they don't have their logos, like their, their, their social medias. They took like all of them took their rainbow logos down. So they're not really, you know, doing the whole pandering thing this year like they normally do in the past with the with the rainbow logos on their stuff it's interesting um but yeah california so california we got actually it's interesting because there's two bills in california right now you want to talk about bad bills bills that are taking away parents rights to make the decision for their children remember what joe biden said in the top of the hour well here we go new california bill aims to punish parents who refuse to affirm their children's gender and of course, it's this, I can't say what I want to say about him on YouTube. Scott Weiner is, I can't say it because it's that bad. Um, he's authored the worst bills in the country that end up going into law in California. And this is just another example of it. This bill would use child protective services to take away children from parents that don't affirm their kids. This is what we've been saying for so long. And it's finally here. They are now outright admitting that they want to take away children away from their parents for not affirming their gender it's disgusting and insane um and if you did not see this video it explains everything if you don't believe me they say it outright right here ab957 will take away their children, or they'll go to child protective services. But this is such a bad precedent to set. So they only care about your, they only care about parental choice when it comes to making the decisions that they want you to make. So here. So this particular bill adds the very important factor that affirming a child's gender identity is in their best interest, which is what your question is about. Why does it get why does it actually say that in a, an affirmative way? And it really is because if you have a seven-year-old who's, who's talking about having a potential to say, I being able to articulate that they believe that they are not the same gender um, as they are biologically, then it should be affirmed. And through care, it should be determined. And that's what we did with our own child. And that would give the ability for a parent who wasn't sure to affirm and get their child the care that they need to make that so they can begin to articulate that determination. But by saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way and getting them whatever appropriate care they need, whether it's based on their gender, whether it's based on how their um, studies are in school, it doesn't matter. Our children should be affirmed. And this is saying that you have to include gender affirmation as a part of that. Do you affirm your children when they're having an emotional breakdown? 
Do you affirm your child when they're throwing a tantrum in a store because they want a toy? Do you affirm your child? Because your seven-year-old says that they are not of the same sex. Because they saw something on TV and they said, you know what? That's me. I don't think so. This gives children all the power over their parents. It takes away... It, it, it takes away parents' rights. It takes away a parent's power to tell their child no. It takes away a parent's responsibility. And all it's going to do, like this is the overall plan, is to make it so that your kids belong to the state. They want to give your children agency, right? They want to give them power because they want control over your children. They want control over you. They want control over your children. Um, and that's the way that they do it is give them agency. Um, and I'm not even going to mention again, I don't think I can actually mention it on YouTube. What's really going on here when you talk about saying that children can consent to things under, you know, under certain ages, we'll just leave it there. But I'll pop it up on the screen because you said it for me. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> That's exactly where I'm going with it. Um, yeah. I mean, gentlemen, man, you nailed it. Do they affirm their child not eating vegetables even when they're a parent and they know they should? Yeah. What about like healthy eating? Um, if a child's hungry, do you just give them the food that they want or do you give them the food that they need or what i mean what if your child is overweight because they eat too much do you affirm that body positivity in them you know even though you know that it could lead to you know high rates of you know heart issues later on no you teach your kids. You don't just affirm them. Slippery slope. Slippery slope going on in California, and I'm not here for it. Hey, Forge. Good to see you. Um, but that's not it. That's not the only bill that's going on. The only thing that's happening in California. So now we have... Mess that one up. They are changing the definition of fertility in California. Yes, Robbie, you're absolutely right. So I used to work in the adult industry. We call it that because it didn't involve children. And it seems like nowadays that they, they want to show children everything. Like I said, I was talking about earlier with the pride parades, with the, the, the man dancing naked, basically, in front of children. And if, they, if, that, if these were, you know, straight biological women doing this stuff, like if it wasn't at a pride parade. So let's say if you took a child to a male strip club and they were doing the same thing, dressed exactly the same, 
would that be okay? No, that'd be against the law. So why is it okay to be done in public? Pisses me off. But yeah, so they're mo now California is also moving to provide surrogates to gay couples in the name of fertility inequality. So this bill, uh-oh, oh, there we go. Um, bill 729 redefines infertility. Um, I know I wrote this in here somewhere. Um, where did I write that? Okay. Basically, it redefines infertility to be a status instead of a medical condition. Um, changing the definition of a definition the definition of an infertility to a person's inability to reproduce either as an individual or with their partner without medical intervention which would classify gay men as infertile which would then allow them to basically require it would require insurance companies to provide in vitro fertilization for them. It would require. Now, the bill does lay this out. And this is this is really what's what's interesting about this bill because it requires employer provided insurance companies to provide this stuff. But it doesn't affect state sponsored um it doesn't sponsor uh the state sponsored um medical insurance. So basically they're going to raise the rates of all employer provided insurance because uh, they're going to make everybody on these insurance companies pay for that or on the, on these insurance plans pay for these procedures. Um, so again, like rates are going to go up and all that stuff. And then what's going to happen it's going to destroy the private sector of insurance. And so I think that this is actually a point. Would it be, I mean, I'm going to say it's not, it's not a poison pill. I'm not, that's not what I'm thinking of. It's a, um, it's a bill to get onto a social medical plan. It's, it's basically a way to make insurance premiums so high for the private sector that they have to move into a um, socialized medical system. But yeah, it's basically commodifying the female body in the name of equity because then gay men are now being covered for this. And, th and literally the bill's author, Senator Carolyn Menjivar, um, said the bill will ensure that queer people or queer couples no longer have to pay more out of pocket to start families than non-queer families, she continued. This bill is critical to achieving lived equality for LGBTQ plus people, as well as advancing well-rounded comprehensive health care for all Californians. Unless you're a poor woman who has to... Um, yeah, unless you're a a poor woman who has to sell their body to um, get, you know, basically to be a surrogate, they'll, you know, you sell your body, you'll be now being paid by the government. So instead of pushing 
I, I think I'm, I would rather see them do something like push for adoption. Like maybe they pay for, you know, maybe that they would help with adoption. Um, Cause yeah, this is, a, I mean, surrogacy is basically renting a woman's womb for, you know, to have a child that shares the DNA of just one of the males in a relationship. Um, so I've always kind of said, I don't think that surrogacy should be illegal because I think that what consenting adults do, um, is up to them. Like it's your body, your choice. But at the end of the day, I don't think surrogacy is a good thing. Okay. I don't. Um, so I'm not an advocate for it. In fact, I don't really like it. I've changed my opinion on this quite a bit. I don't like surrogacy. Um, but I, at the end of the day, it is, you know, your body, your choice, but I think we should demonize it and we shouldn't be promoting it as something. And we shouldn't be have like forcing insurance companies to pay for it. Um, we have enough children that need to be adopted. So if you want children, you can go adopt them if you can't have them biologically. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it just makes, it, it doesn't make sense. And yeah, so you talked about the art. I saw you guys talking about the artificial wombs. I've kind of said that this is, that's kind of what's coming. I knew that's kind of what's coming next anyways. Um, I've talked about this before. Um, I think, because when they talk about, you know, trans women wanting womb implants, I, I've actually said, I think that the, the artificial wombs will come before they even need to do the trans implant. So most people won't be actually carrying children. It's going to be kind of a transhumanist future. And that's what's needed for a transhumanist future. It, that's what they want. They want, um, they, they want, um, they want transhumanism. I mean, if you're going to be stuck in a pod, um, you're not going to really be growing your own children. So they're going to need something like that to keep, you know, the population going. Um, Jen McMahon says like Shane Dawson and his partner are doing that right now, two fertilized eggs, one surrogate. Yeah. I mean, that's now this is what's really interesting. I think when I, I had Libby on last year, I know Libby's stance on surrogacy. Libby is completely against surrogacy and she's changed my mind. She's helped me shift my opinion on surrogacy quite a bit, just having conversations with her. But when she was on, we were talking about because Dave Rubin and his husband used surrogacy as well. Um, so it's really interesting talking to conservatives because they're not, they don't necessarily, you know, they could, they could be super upset about it and condemn their friend or they can, you know, think it's wrong, but they're still not going to like you know, go after their friend on this, but yeah, Libby's got some strong opinions on it. Um, and so, um, but like I said, it, it's valuable advice that she's giving. She's absolutely right. So, um, she's changed my mind on it. Um,
Can a straight guy offer stud services to lesbian couples? Um, actually, I mean, I don't know if there's a list for that, but that's what's, so that's, what's interesting because it really only does affect usually gay men because a lesbian can usually carry a baby. So they might, it would, it would, they would pay for the in vitro or they could just, or, you know, there's other ways to do it, but, um, It doesn't make sense. This is not something that the insurance company needs to be providing. No. Um. Let's see. Okay. We're actually at the top of the hour. So, like I said at the beginning of the show, um, well, first of all, thank you all for joining. Thanks for the good conversation. Sorry for it being a day later. Um, if, if you guys like Tuesdays, maybe we'll start doing more on Tuesdays, but... Yep, it's almost Timcast time. That's why I told at the at the beginning of my episode, I said like I d- do my shows at seven o'clock because I don't want to run on, I don't want to run into Timcast um, because that'd be stupid. People want to see Tim. Tim got millions of followers, so maybe I can share an audience, you know. But um, I am going to jump over to Rumble to talk about. Um, the DDoS attack on the post-millennial yesterday and the reason why, and it has to do with the Biden investigation. So um, I don't want to say too much here on YouTube just because I know it's YouTube. So, so again, if you're not going to join me over there, I thank y'all for joining. Um, I, I thank y'all for joining as always. Um, it's good. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms and I will see y'all from YouTube next time.